This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. Ah, welcome to episode number 25 of the Statman Sports Podcast. This is your host, Steve Duffus, and today I have a very special episode for you guys. We brought on a very special guest to preview the MLB baseball season, Jessica Klein-Smith. If you haven't heard about her, she works for the NBC Sports area. She covers uh, baseball, the Oakland Raiders, Oakland Athletics. So pretty much she just covers everything Bay Area. So I'm glad she was able to take the time to come speak with us to give the listeners an insight, you guys an insight, as well as me information about what she thinks is going to go on about in this MLB season we also talked about Bryce Harper Mike Trout Barry Bonds and his Hall of Fame accolades if he deserves to be in there so we talked about many things in this episode I enjoyed speaking to her and we also covered some questions that you guys have asked us over Twitter and Facebook it was an amazing thing and I hope you guys enjoy it and aside from all her credentials that I listed this is one thing that Jessica has done the best for me in her career. She has one of the most amazing Twitter feeds you can find online. You need to follow her and you'll see what I'm talking about. But with no further ado, let's just get right into this interview. Jessica, how are you doing? I'm good and thanks for the, the compliment. I really appreciate that. My mother is not on Twitter, and I, but I tell her all the time, like, I swear, mom, people think I'm funny on Twitter. But I, I won't let her go get on Twitter. So, you know. <laughs> you yeah. are absolutely, you are absolutely hilarious. On a daily basis, you know, for baseball content, I go on your feed and I see the replies and the comments and I say, man, <laughs> you have it down. Cause, I like, do, some... I try. <laughs> but that's what it's about nowadays. On social media, you got to keep it, you know, keep it flowing, keep everything going like the way it's supposed to be. Jessica, mm-hmm. once again, I want to thank you for coming on the Statman Sports Podcast. You know baseball season's around the corner, and you love baseball. Mm-hmm. Yes. But before we start talking about that, I would like to, you know, to introduce you to my listeners. Tell us something about you. How did you get into baseball? Um, it was since I was a little girl. I actually, my brother needed an extra man or person to play on his on my on his team in little league. I was eight years old, nine years old, something like that. And, uh, they're like, Hey, we don't have, we need a right fielder. Do you mind? Like just, you always have to do a stand out there. And I was like, sure, whatever. And mm-hmm. I, the moment I, I let go of the ball to throw it during warm ups, I looked over at my dad and he was like, Oh, she can throw. And then I was like, <laughs> Oh, I can throw. And so it just, this sickness was born because when you're good at something, you continue to do it. Right. So right. I, I all of a sudden was like, Dad, like, give me some cleats, get me some like this. And I didn't, but I didn't want to play ba- softball. I wanted to play baseball, so I played baseball until I couldn't anymore. And then um, while I was playing baseball, I kind of, you know, we went to our first game when I was 12 years old, and it happened to be the A's game because got free tickets. Right. Um, this is when I was living in Reno, so it was like a three-hour drive there and back, and it was totally worth it because I fell in love and. It's the perfect game. Like Eric Chavez hit a bomb. I think Milton Bradley made like a top sports center, top 10 hit, uh, catch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it was like the perfect game. And since then I've just been kind of addicted. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's interesting and awesome because to me, I, I also, 
I grew up in the Caribbean, like my listeners know this. Yeah. What we tend to do is we tend to play baseball with like, you would find like a, a, a mop stick or like a tennis right. ball. And you know, that's how you grew up, you know, loving the game. And you know, right. being in the Caribbean as well, you, you tend to know many of the superstars, especially from the DR. Cause uh-huh. I grew up, you know, adoring Sammy Sosa. I loved him to death. And, uh, he was, he was, he was part of the reason why I fell in love with baseball too. I played on the there Cubs. There you go after I played on the Cardinals and it was when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were going at it. So I loved it. Actually, that's excellent. So, you know, yes. I, Jessica, you know, that that's, that's an awesome thing to know that from a young age, you know, you were, I guess, getting into the sport of baseball, you know, yeah. another interesting thing that I personally would like to know is late, uh, these past couple of days, it was uh international women's day. And uh-huh. I was curious, you know, how, what kind of love did you get? How did you feel on that day being involved in sports specifically? What, how, how I, were you feeling that day? I think it was, it was really cool. And, and, and I actually posted on Twitter. It was for the first time that a lot of the women that I knew our mentions were filled with love as opposed to that. I mean, you, if you follow me on Twitter, you see the crap I deal with. Um, and it's, it's awful, but that was the one day where you could tell people are paying attention and I know it's not always going to be extremely hard for a woman in sports, but it's mm-hmm. always going to be, I don't even want to say difficult, but there's always going to be something, whether somebody looks at you a certain way, there's always going to be that stigma. Um, it's a little bit, I feel like it's easier to, to be a woman in sports, but I don't think it's easy to be a woman in sports. So it's kind of interesting in that regard, but I felt like it's like, wow, we have so much support and I have so many girlfriends and that that like have lifted me up and they've challenged me too and it's just been difficult and but they they've always had my back so it's cool to know that I'm surrounded by a lot of cool people and I still have so many amazing women um that I get to meet in this industry and to know that we have each other's back is just phenomenal yes that that is absolutely right and you know we live in an age today that um everything you say everything you do is almost blown out of proportion mm-hmm. whether it's negative whether it's negative or positive but right you know on that day i was following many fees of course some of my uh female friends as well and they i was happy for them because when you work hard it's you tend to get rewarded and that day i saw all the people that worked hard especially the women they mm-hmm. they got praise and they got love and i really appreciated that so that was something awesome to know and to see as well but jessica right. let's transition into this Baseball season, like we said, is coming around the corner. And you yeah. know what everybody was talking about. Bryce Harper and this humongous contract. Mm-hmm. One of the mm-hmm. biggest contracts, not just in baseball, but in ever. Ever. 13 ever. years, $330 million. When this news well, broke. Well, that's, that's, until, that's until NBC, you know, extends my contract. But for <laughs> now, for now, well, yes, that is the biggest contract. There you go. When you heard that news... What what was the first thing that went through your mind as a reporter? Okay. What were you thinking? This is this is me and I'm being straight up with you. So mm-hmm. I work with this guy, he's our social guy, he's phenomenal. He's really he's helped me with a lot of the the trolls. And he's a Phillies fan. And I looked at him, I was like, Jared, and this is after a content meeting when I said it, and I was like, You guys, Bryce is gonna sign today. I can feel it in my stomach. And mm-hmm. Jared goes, Do you just have to go to the bathroom? And I said, No, no, I really think he's gonna sign today. I swear on the baseball gods, 35 minutes later, uh, John Heyman tweeted out that the Phillies and him had a deal. So for me, 
I, I had a lot of emotions as I just moved to the Bay Area in November. So my my job is to create content. Right. And so for me, as a baseball fan, it's so difficult to get people to like the sport. So I thought, why not have one of the most outspoken, flamboyant, pop culture baseball players come to the Bay Area? So knowing that he was really close kind of bummed me out. Like I wrote this fake love letter to him and not in a girly I have a crush on you way it's just like please come to the Bay Area you could change the way that this this sport is being looked at because I don't think he's the best baseball player in the world that's definitely right. Mike Trout but I definitely think he's the biggest superstar so I really th- think that he can change the face of the game that's a lot of responsibility so as like a content reporter person it really bummed me out but I was also glad it was finally freaking done. Yeah, <laughs> so abso- I'm like, okay. absolutely, I absolutely. Felt like, yeah, it, but also, I I stood up because I saw the Heyman tweet. And I was like, you guys, he signed, and everybody looks at me like, no, Heyman signed. He's verified. It's happening, and everybody kind of looks at me like, <laughs> oh my gosh. So at that point, I like, kind of had a hot flash a little bit, mm-hmm. and um, so I. But I was honestly, at the end of the day, just glad it, it signed because I don't know how, how to tell you. It's almost like this looming breakup that's happening. Like, you know, he's not going to sign with the giants, but you want to know who you just want to get it over with. And right. that was over. So then it was like, all that buildup was gone. And the fact that it waited so long was weird, but it's done. He's on the Phillies. Now let's move on. Yes. Yes. And you know, for me, it's something that you said that's very interesting because working in the Bay area, I would assume that many of the fans, especially after reports were circulating that he spoke to the giants twice and usually yeah. in any sport, when a free agent goes to a team and have meetings more than twice, you can assume, hey, this guy is leaning towards that particular team. Mm-hmm. And it caught me off guard personally when he signed with the Phillies. I'm like, wait a minute. Weren't you just in the Bay Area and you signed I know. with a team on the East Coast? But hey, that's how it works. And you mentioned something that's interesting to me. You said Bryce Harper is the biggest superstar, but Mike Trout is yeah. the best player in baseball. And I have that same sentiment. I stand by some, that. And I will stand peop- by that for a long time. Some people think that being a superstar that automatically makes you one of the best. But Mike no. Trout, to me, he's the best player in baseball, and to me, it's, it's not even close. But and I don't, I don't think of him as a superstar. I think of him as like a an, a great ball player who figured it out. He's not like super outgoing. He's not like a bad person. He's just not right. the type of person to like say mean things or put himself out there or like be controversial. He's a great person, but he's just a damn good ball player. And that's about, that's like, that's him, you know? So it's not a bad thing. Absolutely. And for me, I I, want to have your take on this. Bryce Harper, he got what? 330 million for 13 years. Mike Trout is about to become a free agent sooner. We all know, Uh like we said multiple times, he's the best baseball player in the world. So I tweeted out a couple weeks ago and I said, guess what? I think, Mike Trout is probably going to ask for $450 million. What do you think about that? Why the hell not? At this point, why the hell not? Because it's... I made this joke. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody, I think it was... Somebody tweeted out, I think it was Ian Rappaport, tweeted out the uh, NFL cap space limit, salary cap. Right. And I think it was $110 million. And mm-hmm. I quote tweeted it and I was like... And I quoted, that's adorable, MLB probably. And um, it's... It's a, such a joke how much baseball players make. Cause, and I, only, I didn't realize that until I was covering more than just baseball. Mm-hmm. And to see all these acquisitions with NBA and um, NFL, I'm like, oh my gosh. These are really small contracts if you compare them to M- and MLB. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's what kind of sucks. Because if 
Bryce Harper's going to get the no opt thing out. No opt out thing was, was the weirdest part of it all. But if, if you're going to sign him for that amount of money, M- M- Manny Machado for that amount of money, everybody's like, all right, Trout. And the Angels are anticipating that. They're, they are. Every team's anticipating that. Um, but you best believe he's going to be getting crazy amount of money. And I think it's going to stop there because I don't think there's going to be another Mike Trout for a very, very long time. Absolutely. And and that and that's good. So that way we can save our money <laughs> and, <laughs> exactly. and go from there. But I, if, if, he, if he asked me personally for $30 billion, I would try to find a way to get him, get it to him. I really would. Yeah, I, I would too. Because one thing I believe, you know, watching sports for a long time and, and partially now covering sports a bit, I believe that certain superstars only come around, what, maybe 15, 20 years. You right. can say 10 to, 10 to 15 years. And mm-hmm. you have to find any way possible. If you have to sell your soul to get him on your team, you yeah. do that. Because well, the, especially the, baseball. Like you have exactly. to like try to like tell people this guy's good. And if you don't want to watch a baseball game, you're never going to know that. So that's, that's the most difficult part of all. And it's like the least popular sport, but you're paying them the most money to me is super bizarre. But at the same time, it's my favorite sport. I don't really care. Yeah. Well, there you go. (laughs) And I feel the same way about the NBA because sometimes I cry about the fact that, Hey, these guys are getting paid. Not enough money. And I'm saying, but wait a minute, they have TV deals, they have sneaker deals, they have all these other deals that yep. some baseball players might never have in their life. So maybe it mm-hmm. evens out in a sense. But hey, yeah. to each their own. Let Manny Machado, he just signed mm-hmm. with the San Diego Padres. And to me, honestly, that was like a weird signing because I'm saying, okay, right. Manny, you were just on a winning team. You guys made the World Series. Yes, granted, you guys didn't play that well. But why would you leave to go to San Diego? Why? Like, to me, it doesn't make sense. Maybe you can explain well, that to me and the listeners. The thing about him is it's interesting because he basically just said what, yesterday that, oh, you know what? The Padres probably won't make it this season, but whatever. So he's kind of being the king of, I went to San Diego. And this is my feelings. Uh-huh. He, he didn't. He doesn't have the mentality of like, oh, we're going to win a World Series. Um, he has the mentality of San Diego is really great and I'm getting paid a lot of money. That's the only mentality that I have, which bums me out. You know how romantic I'm about baseball, but at the end of the day, it's also a business. So that's, that's how I'm looking at it. Um, it kind of, kind of goes to show that these guys are getting paid so much money. It doesn't matter if they're loyal or not. And he's younger. So he's not at the point of his career where it's like Nick Markakis. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to stay with the the Braves until I retire. Same with McCann. Like these guys have that control in their career toward the end where they're like i think i'm just you know i'm actually gonna be a family man now i'm gonna make sure my wife has the right can take the kids to the right schools and all of that so he doesn't really have that right now so that's his mentality um but i also don't see anything crazy happening happening with the padres such a weird organization with some one of the best farm systems but it's just it's just weird so it's more i guess shallow than anything yeah, unfortunately the, yeah and I, I, to add on to what you're saying because i believe absolutely agree with you they have probably well not probably i think they do have the best farm system in baseball currently right and um i thought maybe management aside from manny machado obviously having his want for the money i believe yeah. management was looking at this as a okay we have this relatively young guy and he can probably with his experience that he's had the past two three years he can lead the upcoming players to up uh, potential maybe world series in the coming years maybe management right. were looking at it that way but to me i agree with you it was it was really weird 
to see him leave good. a winning team and go to San Diego. Well, and, the Orioles had an awful season last year. What? That too. <laughs> yeah, like really bad. I had to keep – I remember I was looking at their record. This is that I'm working for MLB full-time, and I kept telling my colleagues, I'm like, is this real? Like, mm-hmm. you have to do a double take. It was ridiculous. But I think they had a chance to kind of come back, but I don't think he wanted to wait around. You want to talk about a weird organization. The Orioles used to be one of the classiest organizations that were winning, and now it's just insane to me. Yes, absolutely. So, Jessica, just like I do in every other sport when I do NBA, mm-hmm. college, I like to do projections. And I'm sure you love those as well. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> now that MLB season is coming up, I actually took uh-huh. one of your tweets that you retweeted. And okay. I think it came from a baseball prospectus account. Oh, and they gave like the A's three wins. Yeah. Yes, they did. They yeah. did something off on the standings. But to me, I'm a Chicago Cubs fan. Just so you know, right. my listeners know this. And I saw that they projected the Chicago Cubs to go 79 and 83. And to me, that seems uh, a bit much. Right. Because for the past three years, we've been we've been the best team in the in our central. So how is it that now we're going to win seventy nine games? I don't understand. Okay. That. So I I hate projections. I hate predictions. Like it feels like once the World Series is over, I'm on a radio spot. Like who's going to win next year? Really? It's the like you, that's when you you don't walk up to a woman who's giving birth and say, "Hey, are you pregnant?" Like you don't right. do that. You know. So it's just like it's just it's so annoying to me. So last year. And I can only speak on the A's behalf because obviously the A's were very, very surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Red Sox, too. The Red Sox had a huge gap from them and then uh, the Yankees right below them. So I I can't I don't really know where some of these projections come from, but I don't know if they're being conservative. That way, maybe for them, the content would show later like, wow, we were really surprised. We thought the the Cubs were going to go. You know, that, that to me looks silly. But if you look at the AL West, this is just off the top of my head. I don't remember. There mm-hmm. was a huge gap between, I believe, the um, I want to say the Astros and the Angels, where they thought the Astros would get like 98 wins, and then the Angels 89 wins or something. There was a huge gap, and that was the biggest gap I think across the board in the divisions, which was super weird. So I don't really, I think projections are stupid. They're they're good for content and mm-hmm. they're good to start a conversation. And they're really good to piss off fans. So it's just kind of when you put all those together. But the the 79 wins for Cubs is bull. I think they're going to do really, really well. I think obviously they were like the front runners. Not even the front runners, but since they're such a good team, they're like, oh, Bryce might go there. Oh, he wins to play with Chris Bryant, whatever. But I think that was bull. And I don't think Cubs should even be paying attention to that, that number. Right. I think I honestly just think maybe I'm just looking at it from a fanatic perspective. But I think we just had a bad year last year. We were, we couldn't hit even hit a fire hydrant. It was just bad. Well, look at, at, the end well, of the- well, look at and that's and a lot of teams were like that. There's always that surprising team. But look at the National League, how they were across the board. There wasn't like one phenomenal team like the Braves surprised. The Phillies were doing well. And like all the teams were kind of an even keel. It wasn't mm-hmm. like the American League where it was like, oh, wow, the there's the Red Sox and 25 games behind is the Yankees who are still a really solid team because the American league is all, like, just stood out and the national league was just awkward. So I think if they were in a different league, if they were in the American league it might be different, but it was just mm-hmm. a really awkward, awkward league that national league last year. So don't yeah. trip chocolate chip. Yeah. I, I think we'll be fine. You know, and yeah. plus I'm happy. I'm still on cloud nine since we won Good. the world series, even though it's three years there ago, it doesn't go. matter what there, but one thing A's, I, won it, A's won it in 1989. And I'm still riding that. <laughs> well, so there you go. There yeah. you go. So, to me, another take that was interesting to me in these projections, I saw that 
the Phillies and the Washington Nationals, they have them projected to have the same record. So, mm-hmm. as a casual fan, you say, but okay, if Bryce Harper is that great and he's making all this money, why then in the standings don't you see that gap based on this Bryce, projection? Bryce obviously? Harper was on the Nationals last year and they were they were awful. Mm-hmm. They had a really good, solid stretch. I will, I will never, ever, ever say one guy can change wins and losses. I can say one guy could change the mentality of a team. And right. I think Bryce Harper can change the mentality. He is not a type, the type of person to, you know, carry a team. If that were the case, the Angels would win every single season. So that's that's bull. I hate I hate when people look at that. Like one guy does not define a team. I don't care who it is. And right. like I, like like last year, there was a, so that certain um, part where the Nationals were okay, but then that's because there were surprising outings from a couple of the guys, and then. Then they were just doing badly, and you're kind of sitting there like, how is a team that has Scherzer and these phenomenal pitching. pitchers, exactly, and then they're not winning? So there, there you go. Like pitching is obviously a huge determinant of not only how you get to the postseason, but how you dominate the postseason. So if you're going to concentrate it all on your offense, that's not. That's why GMs want pitching depth. You can have the most deep bullpen those deep in, in solid rotation you're mm-hmm. still gonna want pitching it's just how it goes so that makes that's silly to me if you're gonna concentrate on one person then you you, you need to find a different sport because yeah, that's absolutely. not how it works absolutely for, for those of us in in my age range i i believe that if you take for example i hate the yankees by the way everybody knows this i just i just dislike them but right. i give credit where credit is due that 2000 right that 2000 season, 2001 season, when they, to me they had maybe the best pitching rotation I've ever seen in my life, and uh-huh. they, I can't, I couldn't even fathom how you have, you can almost call them. There's three A's on the pitching staff, and then you have Mariano Rivera coming out there and closing uh-huh. games. To me, what you said is it just makes sense in baseball. Unlike in football or basketball, where actually one man can decide a series or a game, in baseball you're so dependent on how good your pitching is. Because it doesn't matter right. how many runs you you produce, if your pitching gives up more, you're not going to go anywhere. So it's mm-hmm. absolutely interesting to me that based on these projections, people don't take into account these small details of of, yeah. uh, of baseball. So speaking of offense, the Yankees and the Boston Red Sox, where, where do you see this going this season? Um, I think the Red Sox are going to be very solid once again, um, and same with the Yankees. Um, but that I think the Yankees have a lot to do with if John Carlo and Aaron Judge are going to remain healthy. Yes. Um, and I don't know where Didi's going to come back. I think Troy Tulowitzki was kind of brought onto that team to a soften the blow of not having DD for a little bit. And um, I think he just wanted to ring and not have to worry about <laughs> trying that hard. <laughs> right, he had all right. this money. He's like, I'm just going to chill. Like frick, he could play on any team he wanted really. And so that, um, that was whatever. But I think uh, they're going to be both very, very good. Uh, I love watching the Red Sox play. I think they're going to be really fun. Pedroia is back. And that, if anything, it's just going to be a really good locker room presence. Um, and on the flip side with the Yankees, they're always a good team. It doesn't matter if you hate them or not. Right. It's always like, I hate the Yankees, but I love Derek Jeter, kind of that. And uh, and so I think that's the, the same thing. Um, and yeah. Uh, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's an interesting take. Mm-hmm. One last one for these projections, which is... Uh-huh. I saw the standing and they said in the, in the AL East, the Baltimore uh-huh. Orioles are going to win 57 games. That's it. Oof. 57 games. <laughs> that sounds about right. 
I think they were trying to keep it around the amount of wins they got last year. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Adam Jones is now on the Diamondbacks. And, and, and he wasn't like a tell-all guy, but he definitely needed to be on a team that was actually going to win. Diamondbacks are also going to struggle a little bit without Pollock, obviously, without Goldschmidt. Um, but I also think that they're... I don't even want to say they're in a rebuilding stage. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's going to sound really bad. I I was born in Baltimore. I was raised, you have to love Cal Ripken Jr. But they're kind of a placeholder right now. They're kind of like where the Padres were a few years back. So, unfortunately, I don't even know if they're on the rebuilding stage. They're just kind of like try to keep afloat. Right. Well, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's that's a, that's an interesting thing because um, yeah. I, I've never seen, at least I can't recall, Anybody be projected to just win fifty seven games? That's yeah. like that's like almost not making the playoffs in the Western Conference, even if you win that right. many games. So just imagine yeah. that's how bad your baseball team is. But you mm-hmm. know, Jessica, I want to segue to the questions that you know we posted on Twitter to have people you know get the engagement in. And the first question I want to touch by Davis Wallace. He's actually one of my friends that I went to college with. No, and, cool. And he asked this question: Why are good pitchers like Dallas Keuchel, Gio Gonzalez? Craig Krimble still on sign in his free agency. What is your take um, on that? So the easiest way to say is I have no freaking idea. Um, and they're giving out so many one-year contracts. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. But if you flip it around, like Gio Gonzalez, Dallas Keuchel, Craig Kimbrell are looking at the guys like Trevor Cahill, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Harvey, who are not phenomenal pitchers getting these huge one-year deals and these guys are better than those pitchers so why can't they go out there and get not only more lucrative deals but long-term contracts as well and those are the three guys that deserve it um geo maybe not so much i think he's he was he's recently been linked to the a's which was kind of cool for him to be returning to that team would be phenomenal dallas keichel is being interested by the astros and they they offered him i believe one and two year deals he wants the more longevity deal who doesn't um and they're not i don't think they're comparing it to bryce harper of course but you know pitching is such a weird dynamic these days because pitchers don't need to pitch full like entire games anymore you can you can you can depend on the bullpen and there's that joke Allison Footer said once. She's like, I'm old enough to remember when pitchers pitched nine innings. Mm-hmm. That was two years ago. That Last year we had two no-hitters. Was that it? Was it just two no-hitters? Yes, I think that was it. Yeah. I think it was two or and three, they were, yes. They were done at the beginning of the season, and that was it. And then, don't get me wrong, like watching the A's bullpen will make you want to you know, take a cold shower, but you can't compare that. That's not how it always get, is going to be, comma, but... I love knowing that the bullpen guys are getting those two-year contracts and getting the longevity, and that's great. So it's really hard for a GM or front office to say, well, hey, if we're going to pay, we have a couple starters who can get us through the first three innings, that we have a phenomenal bullpen that's stacked. So it's kind of complicated across the board, but I totally get why these guys think they deserve a lot because they do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you know, to add on to Davis's question, I think I, I, I personally believe that across professional sports and sports in general, um, I think some GMs rely a little bit too much on analytics. Why do I say this? It's because sometimes you just have to think logically. You say, okay, we see what the body of work for this particular guy is. This right. is what we think he's worth. Why don't we just pay him? But sometimes yeah. they rely too much on the numbers. They want to build a team in a particular way, and they just stray away from the basics is what there's I'm no to soul say. there's no soul no heart involved anymore right and i don't remember i don't remember the name of the movie i think you can it was it included the a's 
Where Moneyball. Moneyball. There you go. To me, one of the best baseball movies ever made. Mm-hmm. And but you can't remember the name of it. Come on. Yeah, but you know, I, I it's just right now. You know, a lot of things going on in my mind. But you're right. I, I should it. remember that. I should remember <laughs> that. But it's it's one of my favorite movies. I just don't remember the name of it. It's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it happens a lot, actually. Yeah, it happens a lot. So let's let's move on to the next question. And this one to me, it's very interesting. Very interesting. Uh-huh. It comes from Stimmy Seven. His name is Larry Medina, and his question mm-hmm. is. Jessica, oh. what do you think about the plan to test change pitching distance in the Atlantic League this season? I'm surprised he asked that question because I know that I know Larry Medina. Um, so okay. I think I think the pitching distance is the is an interesting one. They're all stupid rules. I think the the, the thing that they should change is making trying to make a change. Um, and I, are they trying to extend extend it? Is that what they're doing? I don't remember. I think yes. I believe I believe so. That's I think that's what they're okay. trying to do. So that's stupid. So here's the thing. Like, I think trying to rush a pitcher is the dumbest thing you can do for him. Mm-hmm. He's used to pitchers are the most stubborn animals. They love their routine every like because they're used to pitching every five days. They're used to being a starter. So they like eat their Clayton Kershaw has to have his turkey sandwich every day. These guys are a creature of habit. And then for them to, you know, uh, imagine going through Tommy John surgery and knowing where you have to throw from flat ground to have that extended. These guys already kill themselves over right. where they're pitching, and you want to extend that? That's stupid. I don't think that they should even cut. You know, in between innings, I totally get like maybe cut that down by 15 seconds. But when a a pitcher comes in, um, I think he should take his time warming up. I, I always worry that they're going to get injured, but extending like the, all those rules are stupid. The mm-hmm. robot umps, stop it. Yeah, you have is. to have that. You have to have that human element of hating Angel Hernandez. That's baseball. Like, <laughs> exactly, that. absolutely, and, and you know, it, I get very adamant about this because even when I was skimming and trying to, you know, get a little bit more information about this, I started going down the list of things they want to change. And to me, they just literally want everyone to become robots, as if, yeah, okay, this is okay. I understand you want to speed the game up. It's fine. Baseball games tend to be a yeah. little lengthy. We get that. That's part of the sports. Yeah. But the dumbest one I've seen was it says. Like you said, the umpire will be assisted by a radar system. Okay, for what? So okay, stupid. that's why you pay him for it to call strikes. Yeah. He's gonna make mistakes. It's fine. Then it's the a next per- one, it's a human. The next one is oh, pitchers will be required to face a minimum of three batters. Um, mm-hmm. okay, so we're gonna throw strategy out the window now. Right. During, during the World Series, doing pl- postseason plays, they have guys specifically come in on whatever length of contract they have just yeah. to come pitch one batter, just to face one batter. Why are we allowing them now to have to minimum face three batters? I don't understand. Yeah, that. it's like, oh, now you want to put this rule in now that Mariano's retired? You guys are a bunch of a bunch of scaredy cats. You would never put that on him. Like, how dare you? It's just like the dumbest thing ever. It's so stupid. Yeah, so that, I, 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 I don't necessarily agree with all the changes. I understand the mentality. They want to make the game I totally, faster. I totally understand where Manfred's coming from to a certain extent. But at the same time, it's like... Come on, dude. There's other ways we can introduce people into loving the sport. We just have to sit there and remind them that baseball's fun. We can't change the sport because we're going to introduce something totally weird. And then we think about it when Bryce Harper is done with his with his 13 year deal. Deal. The mm-hmm. game's going to be so different. Nobody's going to want to pick him up like for his last season. Probably the A's because the A's always do. Mm-hmm. But it's just going to be the weirdest dynamic because it's going to be a different ball game. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and it just makes you wonder. With what direction baseball is heading in. But, Jessica, for me, 
it, I always look forward to a new season all the time. Mm-hmm. And I look for these particular things to gauge my attention on. What are you focusing on in this new MLB season? Um, it's a lot of personal stuff. Um, I'm trying to figure out just as my personal career, like what I should what I should do, whether it's more TV stuff. But mm-hmm. then I want to make sure that I'm I'm not changing how people are viewing baseball. I want to introduce like a more fun way for people to enjoy baseball. And for me to do that, I need to go out and talk to the guys. Right. Um, I want to see how, how they're like what what where they see the game of baseball in the next few years. I'm I'm genuinely curious with that. As far as specific players, um, obviously we all want to see how Bryce performs with the Phillies and how his of teammates course. perform with him. I'm I'm really really interested to see how Manny Machado's teammates get along with him or don't get along with him. Um, it's the one player I know that guys hated playing with, um, so that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, I'm going to be I'm interested to see uh, how Paul Goldschmidt does with the um, with the Cardinals. With the Cardinals, he's yes. Go- yeah, he's going to be a free agent soon, so it's going to be interesting to see what he does. And then of course Mike Trout's going to be a free agent really really soon, so I'm gonna I'm gonna see what the league does in regard to having a player of that magnitude and the fact that no matter what number he puts out, somebody's going to listen to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the angels will probably like, obviously the angels, the angels would do anything to keep him. But like, you know, they also, he, Mike Trout has won all the awards he needs. Like he needs to win a world series. So it's the world series bound teams are the ones that he's going to be listening to so it's definitely going to be interesting and obviously i'm going to see how the red Sox, if they can repeat i i feel like uh, that's going to be but the the astros of course too they're projected to do really really well and rightfully so because that alex bregman i really think this year is going to be alex bregman's breakout year i think he's just getting started um Mm -hmm. so i'm really excited to see what he does and then with the rest of because i think dallas keiko will ultimately stay with the astros i think he's going to kind of have to grin and bear it and take like a two-year deal um so yeah there's just a few of the things that i'm looking forward to right that's you know that's that just tells me that you love your job and i'm sure the listeners will be able to tell that And, and for me you know i saw I started following you when you were on uh, MLB Cut 4, uh-huh. you know, so I read uh-huh. your article. So, you know, I know some of your work. And to me, it was interesting when you moved to the Bay Area to cover that mm-hmm. area. Is it because you you just love that area or exactly what you're talking about? You want to be more personal with the players and be able to interact and get, you know, a, a better gauge of what's going on? Yeah, because, I mean, I'm not a beat reporter. And I mm-hmm. get a lot of times people are like, oh, why don't you break some news? I'm like, because it's not my damn job to break news. That's right. not what I want to do. I want to do something different. So I want to be close enough because I'm just a few blocks away from um, Oracle Park where mm-hmm. I, I just want to be able to be like, I have an idea. And I want to be able to run down there before a game and ask, you know, Tyler Beatty a question or ask Buster Posey a question. I'm like, boom, okay, cool. As opposed to my old job at, at Cut 4, I'd have to send a beat writer to go ask the questions, which is fine, but I still want to, you know, sweeten a little bit more of my confidence level so I don't have to depend on other people to do my job for me. So, you know, I mean, MLB was amazing and they actually were willing to uh, work with me. It, it wasn't like it was a parting ways. They actually kind of fought for me, which is kind of really cool. And I will love them forever. And they're right. still my dearest friends and my family. But for me, it was more of like a mature, a mature decision. And I wanted to be challenged. Baseball comes super, super easy for me. But mm-hmm. so far, I've learned so much about the Raiders. And I've learned so much about the Warriors and so much about the Kings and the Niners. And and it's just really cool to to see that happening. 
you know, and for me to be a part of that is really cool. It's like a great baseball area or sports area. And um, I unfortunately came at a weird time with the Bay Area baseball teams, but right, right. it was kind of cool to be a part of the let's get Bryce Harper to the Bay kind of thing. Cause it's, you know, and it was with the giants. I'm an ace fan. So right. to know that I was trying to get into play for the giants, a team that I used to hate when I was little was interesting. So yeah, there's a lot of reasons why I chose why I'm here. Yeah, that's, and that's awesome. And that's, a, again, I, I link this to the empowerment of, you know, women in the sport. It's when, yeah. when you love your job, you, I think, I think you guys tend to put, a little bit more effort and a little bit more more sauce in the job. Right. So it yeah. tends to come off as it's natural. And, you know, I really appreciate that. But Jessica, I, you're in the Bay Area, like we all uh -huh. know. And I've always wanted to ask somebody this. And since you're here, I would need to ask you this. Uh -huh. I, this season, I'm trying to focus on things that are not on the baseball field. This is going to be interesting for you. Okay. I worry about the Baseball Hall of Fame. And okay. I've never lived in the Bay Area. I'm not from the Bay Area, but I have an affinity for Barry Bonds. To me, one of oh, the biggest... Oh, you should. You should. One of the yeah. biggest stars baseball has ever seen. And mm -hmm. you know the story better than I do. And most people do. Is that... Right. This... They don't... I feel like they don't want Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. And on my Twitter account and on my Facebook account, I posted this. Barry Bonds before 1999. These are his stats. He won eight gold gloves, seven mm -hmm. silver sluggers, and three MVPs. Right. How is that not Hall of Fame? Because I feel, okay, so here's the thing. I thought Barry Bonds was a big cheater when I first, when I was little. Because mm -hmm. I thought steroids were like, oh, you took a pill, you had muscles, you could hit the ball over the fence. Right. And then when I grew up and played the sport, I'm like, wait a second, like, high hand-eye court, the eye test, everything like that. I feel like once it was introduced, it's no different from when you tell people baseball is boring. People are just going to listen to people because people are all sheep and they don't stand up for themselves. Right. These old guys who are voting into the Hall of Fame, they're like, oh, well, steroids are bad. And I kind of get where they're coming from because once you vote for something, it's kind of hard to turn against it because exactly. then people I are going to be like, well, what the heck? So I get that. But now that new people are being introduced, like younger crowds, I think it's going to change. He only has a few years left, comma, but there are other ways for him to get into the Hall of Fame. There's those committees, but those have a lot of old school guys on there, too. So that mm -hmm. worries me. Um, but it's I think like enough time's gone by where we have to concentrate on this. This may not happen for him. So we have to figure out another way to do it. Even if you put them in the Hall of Fame with an asterisk, I don't think that that's a bad thing. Babe Ruth was drunk half the time. That to me is a performance enhancer. So I don't understand why that's any different. I feel like people are so stupid when it comes to steroids. They think, oh, you popped a pill. There are 762 home runs. No, no, there are different ways. Like um, Stephen Wright just got popped for steroids, mm -hmm. uh, or PEDs or whatever it was. And because they help you sometimes, you know, recover faster. So there's right, different absolutely. ways. I mean, and how many times have we been on steroids because we had like a really bad infection or something like these things happen. And I do think that some guys have been popped because they accidentally took the wrong thing. I mm -hmm. genuinely believe that. But um, I don't know. I feel like they're still getting popped. So it, obviously there's they're not either educated or they just think that they can escape it. But when it comes to Barry Bonds, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And I'm so sick of people saying that he doesn't. He was part of history. Steroids is part of the reason why I fell in love with baseball. And I think people need to kind of suck it up, you know, and put him in the hall. Yeah, and that, that, that's how I feel. Because like you said, I wasn't even entangled in knowing about the steroids. Imagine Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire going at it in that 98 season. Don't you think yeah. that that was one of the most amazing things in, in just sports history? 
period. Oh, yeah. You know, two guys going aiming for 60, 70 home runs, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But but we want to punish Barry Bonds just because, first of all, Barry wasn't all that likable in the media in the first place. Oh, yeah. So they want to hold it against him. So it's kind of like the same thing with Kobe Bryant. They, mm-hmm. they didn't give him a bunch of MVP awards in the regular season because Kobe didn't necessarily like the media. The media didn't right. like him. And those mm-hmm. are the guys that vote for it. So right. I, I'm with you. They need to just suck it up. Put this man in the Hall of Fame. Because get it over he, with. Yeah. Because there's some people in the Hall of Fame that don't even have these type of numbers at all. Right. And so, so what are we doing? You know, what's the criteria? Right. So I agree. And, and to me, he just needs to be there. But Jessica, yeah. before I let you go, you know, again, I just want to thank you for for you know putting out the time to give me and my listeners an outlook on this baseball season. I like to play yeah. this game called Hot Take. Okay. I want to know your answers. Going to be interesting. All right. Okay. So, if you're sitting on a boat. And the boat is about to sink. Mm-hmm. Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire on the boat. Okay. Who do you think is going to save you? Sammy Sosa. And why is that? I wrote... I don't really know why. I just feel like Mark McGuire would kind of be like, I think you're good, boo. He'd be like, you're independent. You got this. And Sammy would be like, no, she's not. And because I feel like he's more of a gentleman. And I feel like he'd be like, all right. But Mark McGuire would be like, I just have a feeling he would look at me and be like, she's very independent. She's got this. But really, I'd be like, Sammy, help me. And he would. Mm. <laughs> there you go. That's great. Yeah. Next question. Yeah. The the most interesting player that you have met on the field that you thought, hey, this, this guy looks like a jerk, but he turns out to be one of the most down-to-earth people you've met. Um, Jerk? I don't know. I don't know if anybody's ever told me anybody was a jerk and he wasn't like I heard Tony La Russa was tough mm-hmm. and he was, he just not a fan of the media. So he was a little tough to deal with, but um, the coolest guy I'd ever um, interviewed was uh, Tim Lincecum. He was phenomenal. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Your favorite baseball team growing up. A's. The A's. Yeah. Best player ever for the A's. In your opinion. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Of all time, probably yes. Mark McGuire. Mark McGuire? Um, probably Mark McGuire. Um, but I have an affinity with Eric Chavez because he made me fall in love with the game. And we share a birthday. So. All right. Last question. Who do you think is the greatest baseball player ever? Oh, God. That's the most difficult question to answer because there's different... Oh, gosh. That's how I wrote um, it down. But you know what? I can split it up for you. Who do you think okay. is the best pitcher ever? Best pitcher ever? Yes. Oh, man. I'd that probably have to say Randy Johnson. Well, I, I thought th- I thought so, too. I think the best closer yeah. is Mariano Rivera, but the best pitcher oh, yeah. overall, Randy Johnson. I agree. And, and who's the best hitter of the baseball ever? Barry Bonds. Barry Bo- there you go. I'm with you. <laughs> We're on yeah. the same page. Because some, some say Babe Ruth, some say Hank Aaron. Hey, I've never seen them. I've seen Barry Bonds hit the ball. And it's one yeah. of the most amazing things you'll ever see. It's a gorgeous thing to watch. If you have never watched it, definitely check it out. There you go. Jessica, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And I'm sure the listeners will want you back. They will want you back on yeah. the show. Thank you so much for I'd your be time. Happy. I'd be happy to come back. Absolutely. And I appreciate that. Oh, before I let you go, Jessica, uh-huh. your handles. Twitter handle, Facebook handles, Instagram. Anybody wants to follow you? Yeah, don't follow me on on Facebook, you weirdos. That's personal. <laughs> um, but uh, my Instagram is just Jessica Kleinschmidt, and my um, 
what is my my Twitter is Kleinschmidt JD. JD is not the judicial thing that people think it is. It's my first and middle initials. People people are like, are you a lawyer? I was like, do I act like a lawyer? Come on. <laughs> well, there you go. Jessica, thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, thank guys. Thank you. That was Jessica Klein-Smith, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the interview just like I did conducting it. But before I let you guys go, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I want to thank you very much for the support. You know what to do. Rate, review, subscribe if you haven't already on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. In the coming weeks, we have Jay Harris, ESPN sports anchor coming on. So I want you guys to look forward to that as well. We also have a store online store.statmanpodcast.com go on there buy your merchandise now we have hats now we have backpacks many other things on the website so go on there and you know what to do but for right now statman signing out baby thanks for listening to the statman sports podcast see you next time